0: Live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it's S.E. Guru's Rainmaker. a rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. SC Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the world wide web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host, Darren. Pappen, also known as SE Guru, and his beautiful coast. Brandy. SC Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and is taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high-competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat, kick back, and get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of webmaster radio. It's SC Guru and Brandy and you're listening to
1: Rainmaker. Uh, that's right, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Rainmaker. It is Thursday. Oh God, can you believe it's already the middle of February? I can. Does it? Does it feel like it's the middle of February ar- already?
2: It does. You know why? Why? I had a very lovely Valentine's Day. It was my uncle's birthday and some fabulous person on our goddamn staff had the audacity <laughs> to buy me a stuffed animal in chocolate. So like 45 minutes ago I was on a chocolate high and now I'm, I'm, I'm sort of
0: <laughs> bellowing out here.
2: I'm so upset because I love our guests tonight.
1: Oh, I know, I know. You, you've been talking about this since, uh, since part one.
2: I, you know what, because they're inspiring. They represent what I think the entire world wants to be, right? Like everyone wants, they're, they're, everyone is obsessed with actors and how they got where they are and how they live their lives and is it true about the casting couch? And, you know, my <laughs> biggest fear is when we finally become the media moguls that I know we are going to be um, and then I think, wow, I could actually play my part like um, Howard Stern did you know, Jane or Janet will say to me, um, You're too old to play the part of you, Brandy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest for tonight? So,
2: anyway, <laughs>
1: welcoming back.
2: Welcoming back for part two. Uh, we only get one of the, the fabulous duo is, uh, is Jane Jenkins who is uh, the co-author of A Star is Found, Found, Our Adventures, Casting Some of the Hollywood's Biggest Movies. And oh my God, if you flip the book over, people, we're all flipping now, <laughs> um, Ron Howard, Chris Columbus, Wolfgang Peterson, and Virginia Madsen all give a beautiful um, endorsement for the book. So without further ado, Welcome, Jane.
3: So nice to be with you again! Yay! How are you? I'm good. You know, it's a, uh, always a dilemma who's going to play you in the movie. I keep wondering if we make a movie out of our book, who's going to play us? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, exactly. <sighs> oh my God!
1: <laughs> I was just. Well, we were just watching. What 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 movie was that? Oh, I know. I know what movie it was. It, it's uh, the the movie about Bobby Darren. Uh, oh, with Kevin Spacey. With Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey, yeah. And there's that, um, there's that reporter standing there, you know, trying to ask him if he was going to play himself because he was too old <laughs> right.
4: to play himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they walk off looking at each other going, how can you be too old to
5: play
3: yourself? Well, I would be too old to play myself at what point uh, in my career. I'd need an actor sort of... In- in the middle between now and the <laughs> twenty eight years ago. So
2: <laughs> Well you know what? I, I think that I could play I'm 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 from the the, the time of the ageless. Mm-hmm. So oh, the only i I'm from that time. <laughs> See thank Gosh, you. I love this. So my <laughs> so the only thing that I think I need a stand in for is, um, is my body double because my body is just so flawless <laughs> that... Um, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> just bring people there down to know. reality, you know?
1: <laughs> one of those stand-in arses.
3: <laughs> yeah, one well, right. arse.
1: <laughs> <Well, laughs>
4: of
3: okay. let, right, the stand-in arses. Well, it wouldn't be the first time there was a body double, that's
1: for sure. Oh, I... I Obviously, Now, now yep. before... Oh,
2: actually, yeah, I'd love to talk b- about b- that. But
1: Before we dive into that, for those, <laughs> Look for, at
2: him. Let's dive into the sex part. <laughs> no, 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 no. You no, want no, a but, casting couch questions.
1: No, forget the... Ca- we'll we'll <laughs> get to the casting couch. We'll le- leave that to the side. But for, for those that that um, were unfortunate enough to have missed part one, can you give us a, a quick recap of how the heck you got into the casting business?
3: you know everybody comes to it through a different door i started out as an actress and as i frequently say i gave up my acting career cuz i hated waiting on tables um <laughs> and i still wanted to be in the business and i got a job in production and one job led to another and i was working on a film called king of the gypsies and i had done a lot of research on gypsies and i was watching them cast the movie and i thought these people really don't look like gypsies it's not right the right flavor And I literally Had a light bulb That went off in my head And I said Gee I think I could Do this job
4: Uh, And I was
3: very lucky I made a phone call To an old boyfriend Ralph Waite Who was Paul Walton On the Waltons And asked him If he could help me Get a job As somebody's assistant Over at Lorimar Who was producing the show And I thought That I could be good At casting And he said Well I'm going to do A little movie That I wrote And producing Directing and starring in Why don't you just cast that. And I said, so I don't actually know how to cast the whole movie. <laughs>
4: right, right.
3: And he said, you probably do. Just go to the Screen Actors Guild and get the rule book and follow the rules. And so I uh, very bravely <laughs> and naively and innocently jumped into the deep end of the pool exactly and it was sink or swim. Yeah.
2: Well, and you know what? And that's the best. A, I think that is the best way to do it. And, and naivete is everything, because there are no rules. Like, I mean, I understand that there's a certain, you know, I'm sure, guidelines. But didn't you feel that you had so much better success because you weren't bogged down by... Oh, honey, past- you just love playing no, I, naive. I was um, sort of at the... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I held on for dear life,
3: hoping that I wasn't making mistakes, because I didn't have uh. anything to compare it to. Yeah, you didn't really have um, a... R- and it's sort of not the... the you know, most people work for another cast because there isn't a school that you go to it's an apprenticeship program and you sort of answer the phones and you learn who the agents are and you begin to learn how to make a deal and and you start to meet actors and all that kind of stuff so i think going through the entire apprenticeship is not a bad route and that's what i would say the majority of of people do that's how janet got into the business she was you know in the right place at the right time about to take a typing test at a temp agency when a phone call came in and asked if she could answer phones at Columbia Pictures, and they sent her to Jennifer Shull, who was a casting director, and they just hit it off, and um, she had a lot of the right instincts, and she spent a couple of years working as Jennifer's assistant before she actually sort of graduated to casting, and that's how i that's how we got together. I went over to work with Jennifer as well, and The three of us got together then
1: now let let me ask you this is it is it easier these days considering the breakout with all the indies you know you got people like robert rodriguez that that you know go and and you know purportedly drop you know five five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars whatever it was you know um yeah, it, it, donating
4: on their credit cards b- on their
1: credit cards movie. and you know <laughs> d- donating blood you know in medical clinics for you know whatever <laughs> I it, like that was an incredible story but but do, do you find that that in, in in this kind of wild independent environment that there's um, it, it is it easier, or is it hard,
4: harder it's, it's, for you? Though? I think it's
3: actually harder. It's harder to... Um, most of those independent movies try to get somewhat established actors to do their films so that they can get distribution and get people to actually give you the money to make the movie. Well, right, isn't that the chicken and the after. egg? Right? Isn't and that, if is if it, you're working with an, an unknown director right. or a first-time director who doesn't have a track record, It's very hard to get legitimate actors to say yes unless the script is so extraordinary and they fall so madly in love that they have to do it. So it's a bit of of a tricky um, uh, labyrinth to go through. You know, most actors get attracted to the material and the director. You know, unless you're dealing with really raw young talent and they're just all looking for that first job. right. when you do a low-budget horror film, for example, <laughs> there's a lot of people that come out of those films because they're fast and furious, and right. people are willing to take that risk.
1: Well, and and they're they're cheap and easy to make. Yeah, absolutely. Take four kids out to the woods and you know take a chainsaw and hack them all to death, and right. you know one lives and tells a <laughs> right. story, right? Uh, it's the and typical. For
3: some reason audiences love those movies, <laughs> and they, you can make them cheap enough. I've the never Blair, Blair Witch that.
1: Project, for Christ's sakes!
3: Uh, you know, it's an amazing thing. Those movies actually scare me, and they're not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: No, but that's actually an interesting view of. I think the Blair Witch trial was probably one of the first. Let's. That
3: was extraordinary. Well, and
2: it was, and it, uh, from a, from an internet perspective from mm-hmm. a web 2.0 perspective by taking online and offline advertising and taking it to the next level.
1: I'm sorry. That 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 what a letdown that movie was for me.
3: Well, I think that the inter- that the hubbub was so enormous that it could never live up to. Uh, g- g-
5: of course not. Of
3: course you know, not. hype was.
2: Right, but on the on the flip side of it, right? It got so much attention from a yeah. viral perspective? Absolutely. That is what took, I mean, my god, Columbia I mean, and I'm reach, sure all of yeah. All of the big, huge um, movie houses are now taking a different perspective as to how they're promoting their movies these days. It's not just done, you know, as trailers or as TV commercials. Well, you can't
3: anymore. I mean, it's a very um, technically lo- advanced universe that we live in, and kids don't spend all of their time in front of a television. They spend all of their time in front of a computer, and so in order to reach them, you have to reach them on the medium that they're watching.
2: Like MySpace or... Yes. You know, yeah. or YouTube or, you know, some of those other mediums and, and make it a part of make them feel a part of an ownership. For it, reach out so that people can identify with it such that they'll do the promotion for you it ends up I'm sure in the long run costing the studios less money
1: well you, typically you, you'll see a clip from Saturday Night Live on YouTube uh, you know in under you know 12 hours if it's ex- extremely right. funny or something right. like bam it's out there
2: when you can put anything
3: on YouTube sure. you know, there's all sure. the sites with you know people putting themselves their babies their kids whatever on I'm <laughs> on
2: YouTube <laughs> like humiliatingly enough hey <laughs> I <laughs> thought
1: that was a great video. I just was surprised it ended up there. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Um, l- let me uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, you, you've r- you've run the gamut. Um, you know, looking at all the the types of people that, that you've you've had to um, you know have the the fortune of working with. I'd say I'm sure that so- some had to have been an inter- interesting ride. W- what what kind of movie? do you really like working? What genre really tickles your, tickles
3: your fancy? Well, I, a variety of things. Uh, I, I like a real good drama, and I love a good comedy. So, you know, it's, there's a wide variety. I've had, you know, the great good fortune of, of working with a couple of really terrific directors very consistently over the last 20-odd years... And fortunately, they've never pigeonholed themselves in the kind of, a certain genre of, mm-hmm. of film. And both
1: well, like a Howard, Hitchcock Rob or, Reiner, or Wolfgang sure.
3: Peterson, Chris Columbus have all done a sort of wide variety of everything from, you know, serious drama to out-and-out, out, outrageous comedy. And that's the, the great fun of doing what we do is that the job never gets boring. Because even though you work with the same director over and over again, um, every project has its own requirements, and and it changes from movie to movie. And so if Ron Howard is doing a a comedy like Parenthood one time and a big dramatic um, film like Beautiful Mind the next time out, it's a huge difference in the kind of actors we get to see and uh, how we go about casting it, and what we're looking for, and the kind of auditions you have. You know, a couple of years ago, Rob Reiner was planning on doing a, a TV sitcom that was going to be all improvised.
1: Oh, and wow. Wow. It was,
3: um, I would a,
1: love that.
3: Mm-hmm. There was just going to be a situation, and so I went to all these improv clubs, got to meet all these how many people and we ultimately cast it and they shot a pilot and then the studio decided that it was just a little it was you know
1: although a, a little too too by so, the seat of they your pants kept on
3: saying, but where's the script where's the script yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: right
2: they didn't, they didn't get their they right. get and, it and yeah. thus and thus was born reality TV <laughs> <laughs> you know this is it just t- reminds me of and this <laughs> is such a, a silly side thing but we just saw him on TV Jonathan Winters I think like 10 years ago had a TV show on mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that
3: I worked for Jonathan Winters before I got into casting God knows how
4: many years
3: ago. Wow. Extraordinary experience. What a wacky, fabulous guy he he is. I mean, he was just amazing.
2: Yes, I mean, I... So I'm really fascinated by Jonathan Winters because I... I th- like he can start talking to you about about Jane Jenkins and then somehow get from Jane <laughs> Jenkins to his cruise on the Greek islands to talking about like how sexy he thinks Darren is back to Jane Jenkins and his original <laughs> point in <laughs> yeah. and, and the show. But that show that he did. So you would probably know about this because I heard this through the grapevine that and you could and I and after someone told me this, I was I watched it. and I was so intrigued. He would not stay with a script. So they'd all. Be- no, he just
3: had one of those amazingly facile, brilliant minds. It's sort of, sort of like a, a, a you know Robin Williams, whose brain just goes off in a hundred and fifty directions all at the at the same time.
1: You gotta love that. And
3: there was a, a series that he did fairly um, briefly in the somewhere the. Early seventies, God! If I, only I could remember what we called it, because it wasn't on the sh- on the air very long, right? Um, so it was more than ten years ago. If it's the same show, <laughs> I, I
2: think, think it is. We're not ago. aging any of us. So let's say it was like five. Yeah, years. Like, it was the yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> <only> yeah, <yesterday. laughs>
3: seems like it was just yesterday. Yes. But it was an amazing thing just to see the way he thought and and the and the depth of his humor was. Well, he's honest. like.
1: I, I, I mean, I, I would perceive, like, like you the said... The wacky with
2: world of Jonathan Winters <clears throat> is what it was called, 1972. Yes. Oh, no, no, this was totally different. He played like a father... In some show, and you could tell that, like, no matter how many takes they did, like, you like you that dis- he never
3: did it the same way twice. Well,
2: he never did it the same way twice, and you could also see the other actors, like, their response <laughs> was just so genuine, like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And to me, that was so awesome and so freeing and so captivating. And yes, if you could have a, an ensemble cast of people, that weren't fighting the limelight, for the star, you know, for the spotlight, but that could just interact with yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a really wow.
3: interesting. It's a really interesting and tricky process.
1: It's a director's uh, wet dream, or worse, a nightmare. Worst, a nightmare <laughs> yeah. Right? There's not really a middle ground there, I would
3: think. Uh-huh. But yeah, can you, you go? Really talented people in the thing. That's really interesting is just how hard comedy is. It's um, a really special, special gift. To be able to really make people laugh and be consistent and smart and funny
2: it's very true and if you don't mind uh jane we need to take a quick break this is nothing to laugh about people but pay close attention pay a little homage to our advertisers and we'll be right back with the fabulous jane jenkins
5: sit tight and don't move rainmaker we'll be back after this short break
0: Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, WebmasterRadio.fm. It's like radio with a Ph.D. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
6: Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post. The consumer generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paperpost will creatively expose your product or service through original link generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paperpost. Visit paperpost.com and join the revolution. Vive la revolution!
1: One traffic
5: 5% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on
0: the web. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents Inspirational Moments by David Naylor. And this morning,
6: yeah, we sat in the bar. I put my hand in my pocket, and there's like penis in my pocket, and I'm like... Where the fuck did they come from? Oh, yeah. Dax put a whole bowl of fucking nuts on my head. I'm like, dude, don't put your nuts on my head.
4: <laughs>
0: Tune in for more inspirational moments with David Naylor and Michael Demand every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Straight Point, Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. arrived at the destination for education and entertainment webmasterradio.fm because not everyone's last name is gates webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere
5: Back to Rainmaker, only on Webmaster webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Well, that's right. We are back. want to
1: want to welcome you back this Thursday evening for another edition of Rainmaker. And, of course, we are, I know I'm personally ready for this next segment. I, you know, I want to di- kind of dive into the nuts and bolts.
2: You know what? I've already decided we're going to do some cool show or you know forget Janet whatever (laughs) Janet couldn't make it (laughs) but they're doing their. she's out she's out she just doesn't know what she's is she okay yeah she's fine okay not after she deals yeah no no no, that's okay (laughs) (laughs) not after she deals with me but anyway um But we're really excited to have back Jane Jenkins, who is the co-author of A Star is Found. And we are. You're doing a show with us. I don't really know what it is yet, but I'm like, I know it in my knower. I knew it in my knower before. And (laughs) God damn it, we're going to make it happen. Okay. Look at her. Look at her go. I love that. I just like there's very few people that I know in my knower. (laughs) You know, I feel like Dr. She, Seuss, she, Seuss now. No, no, you know
1: She said that about Michael and Margaret corda and, and and you know she's still working on that one. You know, no, I'm
2: not. Okay. I gave them a reprieve.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> did. You did. That's true. Now, uh, okay, so let's do this. Uh, the deal. The deal. The, the deal in, is very important. the The infamous deal. Like when you when, let's say, let's let's go back to Mystic Pizza. And
2: where they go to Marblehead?
1: And you were you, you, you were thinking, uh, and you guys ended up with Julia Roberts. How, how did you how did you think Julia Roberts for that character?
3: Well, I had met her a year before on another film altogether, and liked her a lot. And um, unfortunately, she couldn't actually get back into my office to audition. It was a film that Ron Howard was doing called Willow, and she her car broke down and she couldn't get back to audition and then she left for New York and that was the end of that so when her agent called me a year later on Mystic Pizza I remembered her I had already met her I had already seen some of her work she had done a nice little part in Miami Vice and she had done a little movie called Satisfaction that wasn't very successful that she had a, a nice part in so she wasn't you know a total new actress she had done some work and she came in in New York to audition for the part, and I thought that she really had the right essence for the character that had given me a bit of difficulty finding the right girl. She, and she came in, and she wasn't really totally prepared. She had gotten the script late the night before, and I said to her, you know, I think that you could be very right for this, and you should go home, read the whole script, and come back tomorrow and take a, a, a real crack at this and, and prepare a little bit more so that you feel comfortable. And she came back the next day, and she just nailed it. She was that girl. Awesome. And, you know, she came in and met with the director, and then it was a matter of matching her up with the two other girls, with Lily Taylor and Annabeth Gish. Who ultimately wound up in the movie to see how that chemistry was, how the three girls worked together.
1: Which it was, it was a great movie, a- yeah, and it, the chemistry it turned you're out right. okay. That movie, yeah. You
2: know, it did. It did. So, so all right. So now, would you say? Is there one person? I just want to
1: know what was in the damn pizza. <laughs> That's all I want to know, okay?
4: It
2: was a secret. We'll never know. <laughs> but but who's the linchpin? Like, when you have something like... Well, in <laughs> that
3: particular film, although Julia is the girl that came off as the big star from that movie, right, all three retrospect. of those girls, sure. it was a matter of casting the right three girls. That their parts were very equal. Yeah. And their pay was very equal. We paid all three of the girls the same amount of money and all three of the boys the same amount of money. Wow. And oddly enough, uh, the boys actually got a little less money Good. than the girls did, uh, which is very unusual because it was much more the girls' movie. And it was a small-budget movie to begin with.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: None of them were kids that had any major quotes. Um, when I say quotes, in, in uh, when you're making a deal, you always get the, uh, the deals that the actor made before. So if somebody has an established rate... Right, has gotten X number, you know, beyond the Screen Actors Guild required minimum payment. People work very hard so that they can get beyond minimum payments. And um, we wound up paying all of them. Uh, there's a certain amount of money that you can pay an actor to do an entire picture, and it's called a, a Schedule F deal. And um, that's what we did. We paid the girls a certain amount, all of them that got the same amount of money for the same amount of time. So did the boys.
2: How many people, which is great, but how many people did you have to rotate through in order to get these three right girls that had the perfect oh, I chemistry? I saw a
3: lot of girls for all three of those parts. You know, you, you meet a lot of actresses and a lot of actors on, on any movie, but especially because we were looking at new young actors. Um, it was an amazing number of people that came in. There were some really terrific actors that mm-hmm. didn't wind up with the part, Um and then, you know, you narrow it down and you hire, but we saw a lot of people. I was, I cast the majority of that film out of New York and saw every up-and-coming young actor and actress in New York.
2: Uh. Uh. Now, was that also a breakaway role or, or an introduction role for Vincent, D- I want to say his right. Vincent D'Onofrio. R- yeah.
3: Um, he had done a little bit of work, but I think it was a film that really helped propel his career as as well. Yeah. It was interesting. It was just sort of the right film at the right time in these people's lives. And although I don't think that Mystic Pizza, quite honestly, was the film that you know didn't catapult Julia into the public's mind, it catapulted her into the mind of the business and the business absolutely everybody because it was a successful little small budgeted film.
1: I I think it was able to showcase some of their talents in in a different way. Absolutely, and so
3: when it. ...is what allowed Pretty Woman to hire her as a pretty unknown actress for a big studio film starring opposite Richard Gere, who's a big star. Sure. And they, it gave them that comfort factor to see her work in that film because she was so terrific.
2: So let's talk about that, because I love, I love the whole, okay, you've got your, you know, you've got your anchor star... You know, and especially you, because you're working with you know the likes of Ron Howard and, and and Rob Reiner and all of those, and they're giving you this license. So now you've got they say to you, okay, Jane, you know we've got Richard Gere or we have you know whoever it is as like the anchor star. Now we want to bring on someone unknown or um, less known. Well, that
3: happens, you know, frequently. It's it's an interesting. Um Set of circumstances. A couple of years ago, when we did a beautiful mind, we had <sighs> Russell Crowe, but we didn't have anybody else. And originally, we had been thinking about Robert Downey Jr. as the imaginary roommate, or the you know
2: the right. roommate turns
3: out to be an imaginary human being. Right, right, right. Um, And, unfortunately, Robert Downey was still having a lot of problems. in rehab,
4: right. (laughs) Well, he got arrested and he
3: couldn't do the movie.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: And it was very late in the the game, usually for such a large supporting part. You know, you want to get a a head start on that kind of casting. And we were getting very close to shooting the movie when all of this happened, and suddenly I didn't have an actor that I thought I had, and...
2: Uh. There
3: were several actors that we were interested in and they were not available. They were already committed to other films. We now
2: who were they? Who did you well, have we that you were thought you had? In
3: John Cusack for one and he was not available and I, I can't really remember any any more I, I, I do remember very vividly trying to get a hold of Cusack. And there were a couple of other people, but for whatever reason it wasn't that the people that we were most interested in weren't available. Uh. And so there I was at the end of the day going, oh, what am I going to do? And I was talking to Jennifer Connolly's agent, Mm -hmm. bemoaning this fact, saying, I just don't know. You know, I've met a lot of actors, and nobody is quite capturing what it is that we want for this part. And she said, oh, it sounds like you need Paul Bettany. I said, That's what I thought, yeah. I give up. I did not know Paul Bettany. I had never met him. I had never seen any of his films. I had never heard of him. I said, so can I meet him? And she said, no, he doesn't live here. He's in London. I said, okay, can you send over some footage? Can I see some of his other work? She said, no, he's really in the theater, and the only film that I have is really violent. She's shooting people. It's a gangster movie. You're never going to hire him. It's just not the right thing. I said, well, you know, do you
4: think it's fine? Thanks, how,
3: how are we going to figure this out? And she said, let me call you back in five minutes. So she calls me back and says, that he had just finished a film called A Night's Tale, and that the director of that film was very fond of him, and even though they were still editing the film, if I was willing to go over to the studio and look at his scenes on an editing table, they would show me the scenes. So I said, sure, and I went over to the studio that uh, had done the film, and they showed me three of his scenes from that movie, and from the get-go, from the minute I saw him, I went, that's my that's guy. Him. And they very, very generously, because you know when the film is still being edited, right. I was ask they you. don't like to let it out, but they very generously put it on a, on a videotape so that I could send it to Ron, because oh, Ron wow. doesn't live in Los Angeles, he lives back east. And I promised that it would never go any further, he would destroy the tape, nobody would see it, it's a, you know, big secret movie. And Ron looked at so I called Ron from my cell phone clutching the tape.
4: <laughs>
3: and I said, I'm sending this to you, FedEx. It's going to be, please be standing at your door at 1030 when the FedEx guy <laughs> arrives. Look at this. And the pressure was really on because it was just before the Christmas holidays when everything in this town kind of really slows down and you can't talk to agents because they've gone off to Aspen or Hawaii with their families. i to be diligent. A real time crunch. And he looked at the the tape, and he said, Well, I like this guy a lot, but I can't just hire him from this tape. I mean, I need to meet him. He needs to read this. So we finally decided um, that it would have to wait until after the new year. And we sort of put a hold on Paul and made a tentative offer subject to his meeting Ron and reading. Mm -hmm. And right after the holiday, he... Him to new york and ron met him in new york and fell in love with him and that's how he got that job and since then he has gone on to have uh, an enormously successful career and a beautiful wife of jennifer connelly and a beautiful child
2: oh they're married
3: uh, yes they met on the movie and
2: real I, I always thought he was i mean not that it really matters but i always thought he was homosexual. No,
3: no, 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 <laughs> he's, uh, at all. <laughs>
2: no, no, which is fine. I mean, what a beautiful wife, and she's so talented. But didn't you yeah. think, Darren, that Paul Benamy was like, he comes off to me as so, like, even a Match Point. Like, I I think it's Match Point he's in? No, he's not in Match Point. Oh, no, what's the movie where the girl's in tennis? Oh, uh,
3: Wimbledon. Wimbledon, Wimbledon. Wimbledon, right. Yes. Wimbledon. And he gets, I didn't see Wimbledon. I I know it was not an enormous, Very good movie. successful film, but... Um, I, uh, I liked
1: like, the script I thought the script was, was It was a total chick yeah, flick But it was it really was, good But was. the
2: point is The only thing that to me Just wasn't real Was the fact that I thought He was like He just came off to me As like oh, so, Sorry Paul I know you're not <laughs> we'll gay We'll have to rectify <laughs> that <laughs> but
1: Paul we love you buddy
2: <laughs> we, we think you're super talented Just Stand strong Thought you were homosexual That's, that's, not that's not nice branding. No. No. <laughs> so but who Alright so now but I'm saying that's
3: how an, uh, a new actor, because the film turned out to be such an enormously successful Academy Award-winning yeah. film,
4: yeah.
3: that, as an introduction to American film, um, has been his calling card. It sort of really made his career in a way that no one ever could have predicted. You know, I thought A night's Tale was a fabulous film, but mm-hmm. nobody's ever seen it. Um,
1: I saw it. I, I thought it was I delightful. It. Yeah, I, th- I it was thought it was cute. Good. It thought... was
3: wild. It was wacky. Yeah, it was terrific. It Different. Was
1: a... I didn't yeah.
2: like. I didn't like the. CM2 traditional. I didn't like the music.
1: Yeah, she did not like the da- The dancing See, scene when it was that, modern. I loved but... all of that insanity. Yeah, it was just kind of. Yeah, it was yeah. exactly insanity.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it was
1: lots of fun. I, yeah. I, I yes, I agree. But uh, you
2: just can't tell. You know, you just <laughs> never know. Well, now, everyone's got yeah. Now
1: I'm going to ask this, I'm gonna, I, I, and I'm going to do this right right before we we've got to take another break real quick. But uh, when we come back, I want to ask the question about the infamous casting couch.
4: Okay. Stay (laughs) with us, folks.
1: We'll be right back.
5: Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break.
0: Clicked, covered, and raised All week long on webmasterradio.fm Your destination for education and entertainment Webmasterradio.fm
5: Finder.com.
6: Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? ClickSore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from ClickSore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on clicksor.com today. That's click clicksor.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksor.com delivers where it matters for you. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. Truelocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results.
2: I only find you attractive to me. How about you, dear? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. And every once in a while, do I get hit on? Sure. And is it nice for me to Every get like... once
1: in a while. You get hit on all the time. <laughs> oh, whatever. I love you.
2: But, and is it nice to get a little attention? Sure. But do I want someone else? Do I get turned on by someone else? Absolutely not. And I think that's the coolest thing for me, is nobody else turns my head but Darren. It's like, I've been out there.
1: I've sewed my wild oats. Yeah, she was a slut before she met me. <laughs> and now I just got <laughs> someone who wants to be a housewife. How did I luck out with that? What's that all about? No, but I mean... I, was
2: like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Here's a St. Brandy... A fine girl,
4: what a good wife you would be. Love my,
0: life. my lover, my lady the
1: It is nice to be celibate as long as you
5: can do it with everybody.
2: <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I know.
5: <laughs> Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on Webmaster Radio... FM.
0: virtual webmaster frat house webmasterradio.fm hey bring your togas webmasterradio.fm thanks for listening webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere
5: Rainmaker, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Oh, that's right. We
1: are back. And uh, I'm sorry. That was just a fun break for me.
2: You know, screw you and your goddamn <laughs> dumbass promos.
1: <laughs> Come on, Jane. You got to admit that was a funny promo.
2: It
1: was a funny promo. See, I mean, you know.
2: <laughs> I, I think they're about. Both of you
3: are very outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Yeah, we're slightly
2: outrageous. we totally <laughs> entertaining. Well, you are very entertaining. We're just
1: about 30 degrees off kilter. I like it like that. Well, that makes me feel like I'm sailing. All the time.
2: All the time. Yes. Yes. We just came back from adventure sailing. Thank you very much. Yeah, that
1: was. The voice
2: of reason, Brandy, did not win out on that one.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Although we we did have our CTO, I conned our CTO into driving down to the Keys. That's
1: right. He drives down to the Keys. We're down in the Keys docked. She's like, I'm not riding back with you guys. She cons him into driving all the way down to the Keys. To drop his car off and to get on the boat with us, so she can drive home <laughs> <laughs> and avoid the ride. It was in a the brilliant ploy.
2: It was a brilliant ploy.
1: Yeah, that's right. It well. was fabulous. It really. All right. But anyway, so back
2: to back, back the, to back to the focus on Jane and the question.
1: Jane Jenkins, I was co-author it, of A Star Is Found, our adventures casting some of Hollywood's biggest names. You know, movies, guys, you've got to you've got to get this book because well, I, you know I sit and I look at this. And, 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 um, it's you know, People
2: Magazine. It's Us Magazine. Like it's have, every goddamn magazine rolled into one. You, you guys with have all dealt the answers. With, with,
1: with 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 everybody who's anybody out there in Hollywood. So so I've got I've got to ask the question: the infamous casting couch.
2: Yes. He wants to well, know, if you, do you keep sex toys in your office? <laughs> we do have a couch in our office. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh,
3: actors do sit on
4: it. Uh, and that's,
3: And every once in a while, maybe I'll put my feet up and read a script on it.
4: <laughs> now. now and, and that's
3: uh, about the extent of it. You know, I think that maybe in the olden days when... Um, evil people had mustaches in movies. (laughs) There were producers who would lure young, innocent women uh, into uh, the casting couch with the promise of a job, but it's a very expensive business, and I'm sure that, you know, there's the occasional person that gets a job in exchange for sexual favors in a very small and minor part, but it's too expensive a business for those kind of parts. To be given away too lightly, yeah. And well, unfortunately, it's never been the casting director that receives any of those. things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like, have a bag of sex toys next to the couch. Damn, Tom no, Hanks. No, I'm afraid. Oh, not.
4: I
3: got you know, it. and I
2: never quite managed to, to dispel the
3: notion, but it, it just doesn't really work like that.
2: Well, and I think women are also smarter too. That's a horrible thing to say, but I never understood the whole ca- casting couch concept because if I was a man. Um, which is a whole other set of issues but, anyway. <laughs> but if I was uh, if I was a man
6: I'd have and a I was gonna you would have a problem
2: but I'd have a big dick <laughs> oh
6: my god and know what That's to do horrible. with it That's horrible it's
2: not horrible anyway the, the J- point is poor
1: Jane is left speechless you know
2: poor Jane is going god why did I it's sign it's internet up radio we're not
1: regulated by the FCC <laughs> it's okay
2: <laughs> so but we do reach over a million listeners so, <laughs> so I need to be able to I, I should tone myself down and be more proper anyway so the point is, but if I if I was a man, um and I um found prey on young starlets, like come on women, grow up. Well, you know, but I
3: th- it you know, unfortunately it happens in every walk of business and and whether oh, yeah, you're in true. the insurance business That's and your boss true. is chasing oh. you around the desk or you're working in real estate, no matter where you are, there are sexual favors exchanged for various and sundry reasons and that is sort of the nature of the human beast. And, you know, it is unfortunate that it's usually young women that are hit on and made to feel insecure that if they don't comply, they'll lose their job and all they have to do is stand up and say, oh, no, thank you. Well, you know what it is? I understand. Hold on. There is no job worth humiliating yourself for. No, because the
2: only thing you want in this world, A, is your reputation. Right. And B, if you already have the job, I can understand the conundrum. But if you don't have the job, once you've, like, Given that person what they want, there's no reason for them to cast you in a position or hire you for that job.
3: Yeah, but even if you if you already have the job, there's no conundrum. You just say no thank you well, and no there's no job. On absolutely. The planet. It's really, you know, then worth thin your the putting up on charges and, and put an into it.
2: Right, know? or it's, worth it's your not, soul. That's your soul. Yeah, absolutely. I have to
1: give in to my boss all the time, but I've gotten used to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know. yeah. Your boss
1: is
2: a bitch, but that's I okay. know it. I know
1: it. Now, I, let, let me ask you this in in in, in all of your casting adventures, um, y- you know, we've we've heard of of your last oh my god you know I just lost you know Robert Mm -hmm. Downey Jr. and I've got to come up with you know pull a rabbit out of a hat what was in your mind Mm -hmm. the best like the most kick ass crew that you you guys put together that you just loved working on
3: oh gosh you know there's a lot of of um,
1: Because that's hard I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a list
3: Do I have a favorite? I think, personally One of my very favorite films uh, Is The Princess Bride Mm
4: -hmm. I just
3: had a great time Saying the dialogue all day long (laughs) It was, you know, from beginning to end It was a great adventure I got to go and uh, spend some time Working in London to cast all the English people And that was a lot of fun Getting, finding Robin Wright at the very last minute, and getting Andre the Giant, who was suddenly available after he had, you know, was not going to be. No way, it's not possible. He's going to be wrestling in Japan while we were shooting the movie. So all in all, the whole experience from beginning to end um, was just an absolute delight. And I have to say that every single time that movie is on television and I catch it, I sit down and stop doing whatever I'm doing and watch it. Good and for you. just remember that dialogue. Remember meeting when Freddie Savage came in and read for Rob and he just, it was like, he went to eat up this kid. He was so adorable.
2: You know what? It's amazing. Like, let me ask you, who, um, like, how much? how much leeway do you have in beating up, like, let's say, Ron Howard or... Um, or, or a raw reiner, when you really feel passionate about someone?
3: Well, you know, ultimately, I, you don't beat anybody up. You bring them the choices that you think are the best choices, and they make that final decision. And at some point, you know, you can fight passionately for somebody that you really believe in. It was very difficult to get everybody to agree on hiring Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. for, for Ghost. But at the end of the day... Uh, fortunately, I prevailed, and she won an Academy Award, and the Rock movie has gone on. on to make hundreds of millions yeah, of dollars. She and is she was amazing. You know, doing great on rentals. She was amazing, but yeah.
2: Right, and, uh, and like I you just, said... you know,
3: I could not envision anybody else being that, character. that part, but at some point I had to um, keep looking because Jerry Zucker wasn't saying yes immediately. And in the process, the fact of the matter is, is that I did find other actresses who I thought were capable of playing the part Jerry kept on saying, "Mm, no, she's not right, she's not right, she's not right. And so it sort of became the joke after everybody came in. Right, Right,
2: you're like, hello, go back to whooping. (laughs) And finally,
3: you know, he woke up one day and said, how about whooping? How about whooping? Great idea. Fabulous,
2: you're brilliant. Now, what, what has someone done maybe to get, and I think I might have asked you this on the last show and I apologize, but what has an actor done or maybe an agent done that really to go out of their way to get your attention. Yeah.
3: There is uh, a young actor who years ago wrote us a series of hysterically funny and colorful letters, literally colorful. (laughs) Um, He would write with crayons and draw pictures and would just write to us on a very regular basis. And we had this pile of letters. And finally, after several months, we said, Whoever this kid is, he deserves a meeting. He's so passionate and so funny and so bright
4: Good
3: that we brought him in and met with him. Ultimately, hired him for um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas.
4: Oh wow!
3: Helped him get an agent because I thought he was so adorable and so bright and so talented.
4: <laughs> and now he's having
3: a, a very successful career. I just ran into him not too long ago. I was. At a at a film studio, going in on a on a meeting, and ran into him in the parking lot where he's working on a on a TV show, and he's doing quite well. Can nice. we say who so he is? Can we
2: say his, his name, name is
3: T J. Tyne. Hmm. And he's not. Yeah, he's not a big successful actor, but a really terrific young character actor, and he works on a TV show called Bones.
4: And oh, okay.
1: Interesting. Now, now, let me ask you this. I'm I'm kind of curious. Uh, Ghost Ghosts of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. when you look at the different types of scripts that you you've gotten to work with um and and, and you look at a movie of, of that genre um what what types of challenges does does that does that present for you
3: well the biggest challenge was i made the mistake of reading that script on an airplane i had no no idea that I would be embarrassing myself, sobbing.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Oh. Hysterically wow. Oh, can yeah. I can
3: yeah. Who knew that it was going to be so tragic? And right. I just remember going,
2: oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> Get me off this plane. Right. There,
3: there were a number of, of challenges. Um, trying to figure out uh, somebody to play that Brian DeLubeck with character right and originally i had brought james woods in for a different character altogether and it was his idea he was really passionate about playing this guy that he was way too young for and his agent called me and said when jimmy was coming in to meet just to meet with rob because he was beyond a place where he had to um, read for anything but he said when he comes in he wants to read for the part part of I said, he's way too young. She said, it's what he wants to do. Just let him do it,
4: please. Wow, wow.
3: And I said, okay. And he sort of set it up and said to Rob, "Um, I just want you to give me the shot at doing this, and then we could talk about makeup. Right. And he totally convinced Rob in that reading that he could pull it off, and then they started talking about how they could make him up so that it didn't look like a ton of prosthetic makeup to make him look like a 70-year-old guy. Right, right. And he did wind up with an Academy Award nomination for that part. He was just incredible. But the oddest, the the trickiest bit of casting was this character named Benny Bennett, who was a real person. And Rob had met the real Benny Bennett, um, had met his son, actually. I think the real Benny Bennett had, had passed away, but he had met his son, Lloyd. And... I kept bringing all these actors in for this he was the the sheriff who um, had uh, worked on the case sure and i kept bringing all these actors in and rob kept on saying they're just they're not this guy was such a great colorful character and he said let's i I just want you to meet his son because he's just exactly what i'm looking for and so lloyd came in and he's just this big delightful guy and Rob said, "Have you ever acted?" And he said, "I had a little bit part in some other movie." And Rob said to me, "Would you audition him? I don't want to be in the room because it would be embarrassing." And so Lloyd went away, and he worked on the part, and he read with me. And I said, "You know, I think there's something here. The guy is just a natural. He's, you know, he's comfortable in his own skin, and he knows how to be this guy. I don't think he could play Hamlet, but he knows how to be this guy." Absolutely. And he came in, and he was just. Absolutely authentic and real and fabulous. And I remember Alec Baldwin kept on saying, you got to get this guy an agent. He's got to move out here. And <laughs> Lloyd kept saying, uh, I- I'm going home after this. <laughs> is that interesting? <laughs> but, you know, it was just a-, a magical thing. He was just the right guy in that part. And there wasn't anybody else that could have pulled it off. That's so wonderful. You know, and then the serendipity of, you know, I had just met Yolanda King when I started working on the, on the movie. And um, Janet had hired her for another film, and she had come in, and we were talking. And I had said that I was um, just about to get started on this film, and she was leaving town. And when I told her what the movie was about, she said, well, you'll uh, Rena Evers, who she played, made her Evers' daughter, she said, she "Is one of my best friends, and of course, their families knew one another, and so I had her come in to meet with Rob, and he just cast her on the spot."
1: So I, it was, I, I just you know, an
3: amazing sort of set of circumstances, a,
1: a, and interesting that the, the, the Evers themselves were. We
3: use we use both of uh, yeah Ever's sons, yeah,
1: yeah, a, 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 and and someone else. I, th- I I think you know Brandy and I like a lot that that I think. Um, Sometimes it tends to get overlooked a little. Is is William H Macy?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, he's an amazing. Well, he's just fabulous. He's an amazing
3: actor. Yeah, he's a, he, he's a terrific actor.
2: Well, he's and Kevin, a Spacey, and Kevin, Spacey, yeah. wow, like,
3: Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey, she's, who, she's. yeah. Like I love Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Jeez. I just William think H Macy and Kevin yeah. Spacey and Billy Bob Thornton. Those guys are such chameleons, and they can do yes. a, oh wow. the range of their work. They're just extraordinary actors.
2: Uh, truly, I I of I course, I and of course, my Jess. Hey, can I tell you a weird Rob Reiner story and tell me if this is like him normally? Uh huh. Okay, so this is because I just remember this today, so I don't want to share. Sorry, it's I. am going to keep Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's going. There's going to be the the wrap it up sign. I'm not. Uh. <laughs> so my mom's old producer's name was um, Hillary Schachter. Uh-huh. Hillary went on to produce... Remember USA Up All Night? Do you remember that TV series with Ron <laughs> Desheer? <laughs> no, I don't. Ron okay. Desheer, I do. Ron Desheer, whatever. Right. Well, he yeah. used to do all new production for USA. Then he specifically went on to this project. So we were all at the fights in Vegas. And I think we were at a party afterwards or something. And Hillary was talking about how he wanted an interview with someone. I was sitting here trying to think about this whole thing because now it's stuck in my head. And when something's stuck in my head, I have to, like, share it. <laughs> so... Um. So we're at this party, and Hillary's going. God, it would be so great to get an interview with so and so, but they, you know, like we can't really approach them. And da 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 da. And I'm thinking, well, you know what, I can, right? Like I can't get fired. <laughs> right? I don't belong to anyone. I could just bullshit my. So I'm sitting there, and and, I, and Rob Reiner was there. I, I get well, I I didn't realize at the time because I wasn't really paying attention, and I was thinking about what it was that I was going to say to this person, like, you know, hey could you hook me up there's a really good friend of mine would really be terrific blah 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 you know whatever and I went over I did my thing whoever it was and I wish I could remember who it was said yes to doing the interview which was great Hillary got his like awesome little like star on his forehead it made me feel good because I could help a friend and Rob Reiner walked up to me and he goes you don't work for USA do you and I went no and he goes (laughs) he goes I watched you talk to them Move to the side like psych yourself up and then walk over with like this moxie which is what reminded me because someone said I had moxie today and uh, with moxie and I watched you go through this whole process and I just thought it was I just thought it like I tell you like I just watched this whole thing unfold and I thought you were really like it was just really funny watching you and like rock on that you made it happen (laughs) and I just kind of looked at him and said Thanks. (laughs) 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 Thanks.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> just trying to do a friend a favor. There's no laws to that. But he was just so laid back and so nice. Like he just was so he's, nice. He's a pretty laid back,
3: easy going kind of guy, and a, a, a man that's very comfortable it, with you know who he is and and the, the life that he's had. And you know he's he's it's one of, it's one of my great delights that I can work for people like him and and, and Ron who are just which is exactly what you think they're
2: going to be like i mean how do you go i mean because really they both went from meathead and opie right (laughs) (laughs) i Ah, mean like when you think about it or or like not really ron howard opie he really went as um it was was richie cunningham right right opie (laughs) cunningham little richie and meathead
1: richie
3: cunningham
2: to being like these major power brokers yeah like how did they make that metamorphosis
3: I don't think it was, you know, any easier for them than it was for anybody else. You yeah. know, Rob had done uh, uh, this brilliant improvisational movie called Spinal Tap.
4: Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm.
3: got him a great deal of attention, and was he was had been interested in directing for quite some time. And I know he had directed some episodes of All in the Family and, and, and all of that, as had Ron. You know, Ron had been interested in directing ever since... He was a kid, and he had directed a number of episodes of uh, Happy Days, of Happy Days, yeah. and does a couple of TV movies. So it's something that they both and Ron, I know, had done a couple of Roger Corman movies, and really worked his way up. Even though that they had successful acting careers, it helped them get those television jobs. But they worked. Right. Just as
4: hard as... Oh, know, no, and I'm they sure. Got
3: they were extraordinarily lucky in that both of their first films, for Ron it was Night Shift, and for Rob it was The Sure Thing,
4: mm-hmm. were
3: both small-budget films um, that we had the privilege of casting for them, okay. and they both did extraordinarily well, and so they get another chance, and the next film was successful, and the next film was successful, so they've both you know, been very... they. This is the career That they should be having So let me ask you You know and They both grew up In the business So that they Really right. understood
2: What, what was goes necessary into
3: Directing and, and Working on, on a film
2: Well and probably too Because they were I mean like They're, they're And then I have Another question to ask you And then I'm going to Let her go Okay <laughs> Look He's looking at me And she's too polite To say anything <laughs> Afterwards she'll go I can't believe I signed up To that goddamn job. <laughs> but um, You know but So yes I definitely think That they grew up As children Like their playground was like a, a TV set or a movie set. I'm sure that in between. Well, when you think
3: about Ron, he has oh, been doing wow. this for, since he's five yes.
2: years old. Yes. Well, and think about it when, when you know when and, and think about you know even um, Ron, um you know Rob Reiner like his father. Well, he grew up
3: in a household where you know
2: <laughs> right. Yes. so
3: ordinary people were there all the time.
2: Right, exactly. So I would think that you you're you're in this environment and you can't help but like be the part of the cameraman, play the part of the producer, play the part of the director. And if I and, and, could, and you
1: move that
3: light over there, please.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Just because you're sitting around yeah. it enough, no. But you know, it's also osmosis. that they
3: both had real interest in doing this. I mean, yeah. Rob has siblings, and nobody else is in the.
1: Filter. Yeah, not in the business. Yeah. So it, his it, brother it, it,
3: is an artist, I think, and I'm not sure what his sister does. And
2: it takes a passion. And yeah, and anything, and anything. So let me ask you a question, because people who who, who are listening right now are, um, you know, maybe they're they're struggling actors. I don't know, but they're all people who are in business, and I think in business you always want to put your best foot forward so that you can get where it is that you want to go. And I think that you represent like sort of the ultimate. And, and where someone would want to go Because like at the end of the day, of course I think everyone would say yes No matter what I'm doing If, if you know Jane and Janet came and said Hey, we want to cast you in a, in a decent part In the next Ron Howard or Rob Reiner film I think most people would throw down Their director, VP, or CEO <laughs> titles And go for it okay. Oh, I
3: don't know that a lot, of, a lot of people would say Oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that
2: <laughs> but, but from, a, but, but from a, uh, like a fantasy perspective uh, Okay So, with that said and knowing that you see all of these people all the time trying to craft themselves into um, a persona that makes a difference and, and, and pushes through the clutter, what advice would you give our listening audience that would allow them to craft themselves in such a way that they, as a person or a persona, with still having you know, authenticity, could push themselves through the clutter? I
3: think that if you are the best uh, who you are the most genuine who you are. And that's who you are. That's you know, that was what was so attractive about a non actor like Lloyd Benny Bennett. Mm -hmm. and that's why we hired him, because he was so comfortable and secure and um, attractive in his own skin. And
2: that 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 makes sense. Be who at the end yes be who you are. Be who you are and who you are, just like your mommy and daddy told you hopefully the best actors no matter what
3: guys Meryl Streep is in, no matter what accent she has at the core, she is the genuine Meryl Streep and allows that humanity to inhabit whatever character and whatever accent she has to play. And that's why she's so extraordinary. Or that's why somebody like um, um, Kate Blanchett is so extraordinary. And that's what makes William H. Macy. He is always... The best William H. Macy that he can be And that allows him to inhabit any character In any accent, in any circumstance And be so genuinely that
2: Right, in such a huge range Absolutely And thank you so much for saying that Because, you know, that's something that I think we always try to reinforce here Like, be you If your mommy and and daddy didn't tell you How wonderful you were as a child We're going to tell you
3: Absolutely, because when actors come in here And try to impress me with something that they're not
1: yeah, I don't look good in heels either.
3: <laughs>
2: it, yeah, but you sure do have shapely it, legs. It's not appealing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. You have no and idea. And you in heels is not so appealing.
2: <laughs> Jane, you have
1: no idea.
2: Honey.
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys
3: are great.
2: <laughs> you are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us uh, again, everyone. Please run out if you haven't done so and go by. A Star is Found, our adventures in casting some of Hollywood's biggest movies. Uh, co-penned by Janet Hershenson and Jane Jenkins with Rachel Kranz. Jane, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. This was lots of fun. And uh,
1: we'll, we'll we'll have you guys back soon. Okay. And you guys definitely... we we'll
2: make it a monthly visit. You, you got you it. There you go. And okay. keep keep on
1: keeping tabs because this book is great.
2: We right. love it. All right. Take All right. it, right, it so easy. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. You take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. What a great gal. <coughs> Can I just say the word gal? did. <coughs> What a great gal. That's true. Yeah. Well, interesting, and you know what? Like she tells it like it is, which is kind of cool. Um, and, it, and,
1: and, and like you know, uh, no no holes barred. I mean, and and, and when you look back at, uh, let, let me do this real quick, just 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 for for shits and giggles for those and of you gonna. listening. Uh, They've casted The Da Vinci Code, Friday Night Lights, Something's Gotta Give, A Beautiful Mind, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Holiday, Apollo 13, The Perfect Storm.
2: Oh, I didn't ask her when the next goddamn I mean, it Harry goes Potter movie is coming out. Air
1: Force One, Jurassic Park, The American President, that was a good movie, right. too. Why yeah. didn't I
2: ask her about the stupid Harry Potter one?
1: Uh, a Hook, Mrs. Doubtfire, and The I'm Line stuck of on Fire. Potter. Uh, when Harry Met Sally.
2: When Harry ate g- Sally.
1: When Harry... Mets. Mets. Oh, that was so <laughs> Well, what? <laughs> You're so <laughs> wrong.
2: Uh,
1: Beetlejuice. It just goes on and on and on. Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, I know, that, like that's, that's, your just, that's just that's just that's heritage
2: know. movie making, right yes. there. Yes. But you know what? I think the cool thing is, and it's true. Urr. What we say here, you know, as far as Janet and, and Jane go, they both ended up. That wasn't the path that they meant to go on. But now they're the best. And it is so true. When we have everyone that we had on here never said, never set out to say, I am going to do this. They all sort of like fell into their position. And being who you are and being genuine, not only to yourself, but those around you, gets you where you need and want to go. So I think that was the moral of the story outside of the fun, cool, scintillating, star-making, neat stuff. And we heard I tonight tell
1: too. you what, I know where I needs to get and to go.
2: You're like, I want to get the hell out out of here. (laughs) And
1: I'm back to the house. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in tonight, folks. Uh, We appreciate all of you loyal Rainmaker listeners. Thank you for tuning in this Thursday night. And And, uh, again, thank
2: you to my fabulous man for such a fabulous Valentine's.
1: Got it. I love you, my Valentine. Folks, we'll see you here next week for another edition of Rainmaker.